Sorry about that. <clears throat> I just... Good evening, Patriots. Good evening, Patriots. It's, it's December 25th in the year 2022. Man, I went to speak and I was like, whoa, no voice. It's because I just moved the mixer board back over here to the other studio and I forgot to turn the volume up. <laughs> that never works. I'm telling you right now. You're like, what's going on the birds? It's no, no voice. I hope everybody's had a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. And you would think that after having a quad shot eggnog latte that I wouldn't make a little mistake like not to turn the volume up, but I was very engrossed in my quad shot eggnog latte, which I happen to enjoy. And it's the end of the eggnog too, by the way. No more. So that's that's it for the rest of the season until next year. Probably a good thing too. And I know there's a bunch of people that are like, no, I can't do eggnog. And I'm like, oh, sorry, not one of them. I can do eggnog lattes. Totally. Hey, Patriots, one thing to keep in mind as you're heading into the end of the year is to make sure that you've got good pillows, good sheets, and you've got good slippers to get you through the coming 2023 or 20, yeah, 2023. So 
that's it. Because if all the preps, you've got to have a, like on the top of your preps, you better have your Bible. Founder's Bible is a good idea. And if you're going to get the Founder's Bible, make sure and use your Bart's promo code because you get 20% off. And then the next thing on your list better be a good night's sleep. And you're going to need my pillow pillow. And you're going to need a, that's a my pillow classic. You're going to need some Giza cotton sheets. You're going to probably need a mattress. You're going to need some my slippers. They've got my pillow pajamas. The whole thing, the whole shebang. And then you know when the world is falling apart, at least you can snuggle up and go, I don't care what's happening. I am still going to sleep well. So you can get all that at mypillow.com forward slash bards. Mypillow.com forward slash bards. Use your promo code bards. Promo code bards, and you are off to the races. So again, mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. And here's the best part is that underneath every podcast, you can find all the great links of the great people that support this channel. And if you want to talk to MyPillow people, like a MyPillow Patriot pillow counselor, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and you will not be disappointed. So, you know, before the show, I was looking over the Christmas special that went out last night. There was a lot of great interviews on that. A lot of great, not interviews, but a lot of great content. If you haven't seen it, the best place to see it, honestly, is YouTube. And I know people don't like YouTube. It's also on Rumble, BitChute, Gab TV, Frank Speech. And the audio version's good, but the vis- visual version's better. In This is the only time of year I do a true visual story. And I think the video part is better than the audio. Now, I rarely ever say that, but that's the case. And YouTube was a great place to launch it last night. They didn't flag us, believe it or not. And it's there. It's a great, easy share link. And it was a great chat last night, both on Podbean and on YouTube. Really thank everybody for coming out. That was two and a half hours. It was a great special. That's gonna. Be, that's the annual thing now. I mean, it's now official. This is the second annual, and every year we're gonna do this, and every year we'll get more and more creative on the sort of stories we tell, which will be great. And we'll work up something. Each year we're gonna just. It's gonna be a great adventure. So that's something to look forward to every Christmas Eve. Boy, I, I'll tell you, I was down to the wire on that one, which was this. That's two years in a row I've been down to the wire. But it was just a little bit crazy yesterday. As, you know, like we do of all things, we do something good. There always seems to be some attempt by the darkness to try to keep it from happening. So we had a number of things happen. One of the contributors um, actually wasn't able to get his piece done, and I really was looking forward to it. So I'm hopefully we will be able, I won't say who because I want to make sure he's able to do it. But he got hit with that storm and was it without power for like almost a day and a half. Um, we had other stories of people having challenges, having technical problems. Dr. Lee Merritt had technical problems and she got through that. And then here I was on Thursday, I had all my footage starting to put my piece together for the ending segment. And I discovered that half of the footage that I'd shot had no sound. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. So I reshot it all on Friday, and then I worked all th- pretty much all through the night. I think I picked up like three hours of sleep all through the night on Friday night and then all the way into getting it done. And I literally finished it and exported it, and was it was uploaded and ready 
by 6.20 actually yesterday. The original time was 6 o'clock to post. But I just want to thank everybody. Oh, that's a long way of saying thank you for coming to the show yesterday if you were there live. We ended up, one thing about YouTube, and I am not a fan of YouTube. I'm not, I would, I would go back on YouTube if they'd quit blasting me for every time I said the truth. But the one thing of YouTube that is just, you can't, you can't match anywhere else. And we do an amazing job on the, on the podcast network that we have. I'm, I'm not even suggesting otherwise, but here I put up one video and literally like within an hour we had, after it was over 5,000 views on it. So, I mean, it's there, you get the traffic on YouTube. So I'm really, my point of that is for this show every year, I'm extremely happy to be on YouTube and to be able to post it there because it's just another extension of what we're trying to talk about, which is the truths, the coming challenges, and the most important message of all, which is to get centered with Christ, which really has to be. And so that's kind of the, I hope the message got through to everybody. I think it was a good compilation of perspectives on the challenges that we have ahead and kind of the generalized theme, which was answering the call. And therein is kind of the magic of everything because there is no particular thing one person should be doing or another person should be doing. All of that's going to be centered on how God calls you. And I'm telling you, God is speaking boldly. And the one thing I I am, I'm really moved by, and it's, and this is said in, it's not, it's one categorical theme, but I'm going to break it down and how I see it. But when you have Ted and Shemaine Nugent saying, you know, we're very happy to be part of Bard's Nation. When you have Coey Griffin saying hello to Bard's Nation, when you have Dr. Lee Merritt speaking to Bard's Nation, Dr. Eric Naputi speaking to Bard's Nation, uh, we have our own in-house talent like Evren, who was there with his family. They're just a beautiful family. Uh, Brad Cummings. I mean, these are these are big people. When I'm saying this, these are people that have no reason to be part of something unless it is truly as good as we say it is. And it's that's truth in advertising, literally. And I, I'm saying that to all of you. Because what's God what has got what God has brought here is a very amazing assembly of people. And sometimes we're a dysfunctional family and sometimes we're a buddy buddy family, but there's this common theme that we all hold to, which is coming together under Christ and through Christ. And it shows in everything. There's so much respect and love shared within this bigger community, and it's growing. In the introduction of the piece yesterday, I made reference to the fact that this wasn't just a a podcast for the United States. This was a podcast that was global. And I was very intentional as well when I chose some pieces in my own piece of, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, but of combat action in Afghanistan, those were Canadians, if you didn't know. I have, but I was reminded, I should say, a couple days ago in an email from someone who sent me a really nice email, just asking if I could make sure that we prayed for the world and not just the United States. Now, I think we do a pretty good job, but I think on a daily basis in Bard's in Bended Knee, there's probably more emphasis on our government than there is on the globe, but this was the additional comment that they made. They're like, 
and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, this isn't exact words, but essentially what they said is, I don't know if you realize, Scott, how big this channel is and how for many people around the world, it is their thread that they're hanging on in very difficult times. That's a very humbling email. And I want to acknowledge it because I think it's a profound statement of what God has brought together here. Our Father has brought people to this as we are each being obedient and we're building out literally, and I don't say this, this is a nation without borders because this is the kingdom. And in its own way, it's not like we're the only one, but we're a very significant part of this greater awakening in the world which centers itself on the relationship in Christ. We're not confined by the walls of the church, which have become so, so many have become temples. We're not limiting ourselves into the fixation on rigid interpretation of Scripture. We're into a discussion to pursue the love in Jesus, which is a completely different level of scriptural pursuit. We're, I, and one only has to go to the Bards FM telegram room, the family room on telegram. And I've mentioned this before, but it's a real testimony to who we are as a group because you have everything from very deep and um, precise discussions of scripture to talking about the news of UFO sightings and child sex trafficking and a and everything else under the sun. I mean and I'm saying that because there's very real discussions. I was checking in this morning and just admiring the respect people were having in there's just some people that were chatting back and forth and they were not agreeing, but there was the general respect that they had for each other. And then there was a one particular comment that stood out that was just like you know, I agree with a lot of what you say, but let's be careful on not generalizing too much because here's some other facts. And I, when you start to see this sort of discussions happening, I, I'm sharing this with you because these are the sorts of examples that we need to be bringing into the world, and we're doing it here. This works in Bard's Nation. People come here, and I, I mean this. When I reach out to people and they're like, I would love to do a message for your group. I don't know if you understand how significant that statement is, and I'm not trying to in any way say that you do or don't, but my point is that these are very busy people. Dr. Eric Naputi's piece yesterday, one, he was in a hotel room because he was he's in the middle of this very intense lawsuit with the DOJ that they're still working out his personal victory over. But when he mentioned at the end of his piece, he referenced specifically Bard's Nation. He was very sincere about that. Because we brought that to prayer here and people prayed for him. And he does not discount that in any way as to the magnitude of what that was in his victory. So I am I just I want people to embrace this. This is a very powerful group. We don't get... Headlines on CNN, you don't, you know, people that don't understand Bars Nation don't appreciate the magnitude of what we've created, what God has assembled, and what's growing on here. And I'm using that term, what's growing on here, not just going, but growing, because we're literally growing a group and a, and a foundation. So it's just a, it's a real testimony to the quality of, 
the love of Jesus and the pursuit of what we're trying to do, which is ultimately to put God back on the throne in this country. So thank you all from my heart. It's, it's a really, it was, it's very humbling to me. Again, when I'm reaching out to whether it's, you know, Shemaine and Ted Nugent. And I mean, I know their schedules well enough. I know how busy they are, you know, or Coe Griffin or Matt and Jill. Matt and Jill was in Florida, as you saw. And I mean, they made time to put together a piece very quickly. And it was relatively last minute. There was just a number of people I wasn't able to get hold of or, you know, schedules slipped and a variety of things happened. But I mean, people made time. That says a lot. And if you give somebody six months and they're like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. That's one thing. But when you're calling people in the last couple of weeks heading into Christmas and you're like, hey, can you do this? And you're like, yes, I'll get it done. That's a big statement. And it's a big statement to all, to everybody in Bards Nation. So in the midst of the crazy and the stupid and the retarded, and there's a lot of it, um, there's something very special here. And it's something to cherish to pray on and to really thank God for because this is a great family that's really evolved. I want to talk a little bit about the piece I did. You know, this Sunday nights are for me a real nice show. They're a, they're a change of pace. And I really, I reference it regularly. Just, I think the subtext on this whole thing is always you know, some form of walking with Jesus. And wherever you are with the, with Christmas, I mean, the most important thing that I think we all need to embrace is we know the date's wrong. What we're, you know, what the celebration of date is. And, and I've, I've talked, had a number of conversations with people over this last week of people like, yeah, I don't know, I don't really do Christmas and you're like, you know, it has nothing to do with the actual date. It has to do with the intent of celebrating the birth of our Savior and of God's Son. And they, meaning those in, those Luciferians that are in charge, they like to think that they can mock it. And the problem is when people get wrapped around this thing of like, well, it's Christmas, it's not the actual date, and I can't celebrate it, and this and that, it's like, hey, so what do you want to do? You want to give away that territory to those that want to sacrifice kids instead? Here's my answer. I'm going to celebrate it. Everyone else, this is a date that we've known our lives. It may not be the accurate date, but I'm going to celebrate the birth and the greatness of Jesus. And in doing so, I'm accepting and embracing the power of kingdom, which says that we have dominion over this world. And this is just another, in one way, it's another day of celebrating Jesus, but it's one particular day that we're all focused on that love. And it's taking away the domain, the territory that our enemy wants to seize and control. Their biggest fight is always in our minds. And we are our biggest enemy. Especially when we start getting into details and we start discovering things. It's like, I can't believe it. My whole life, I thought that Christmas was Jesus' birthday. And now I find out that it's not, it was actually in another month. It looks like it might be September. I can't do Christmas anymore. That's dumb. Sorry, dumb. 
Because I'm going to tell you, what God's going to celebrate is, are you celebrating my son? And that's literally the focus here. We're celebrating Christ. So when everybody, when I hear this, and I heard it a couple of times, and we had these discussions. I mean, I didn't just go like, oh, okay, so you don't like, you, you don't like Christmas. I, I, this is how I push back. I'm like, so what are you going to do then? You're going to give it away to them? I think what we forget is this is literally a war. And in war, you take territory, you seize territory, you hold territory, or you lose territory. And God has us here to occupy, expand, and subdue. So that means we are supposed to hold what we have, expand what we have, and subdue the enemy. Pretty simple. And if we aren't thinking that way all the time, then we start to get wrapped up in the things that they want us to. You know, I've talked a lot of, in the last couple of weeks, you've heard a lot of discussions again, and, I, and over the last few years I've talked a lot about it, which is PSYOP. One of the things about PSYOP is to accomplish something, and I'm just going to walk it, it's, it's, it's like a double negative. So let me, there's, there's probably a specific name for it, and if there is, I've long forgotten what it is in the PSYOP community, but here, here's how this essentially works. I'm going to take a date. I'm going to use Christmas. I'm going to take a date that is my date, and I'm going to give you, say it's your date to celebrate. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you know that, by the way, we lied to you, and you. I know you well enough that you're going to react. You're going to go, well, I'm not going to celebrate it anymore, and I win. <laughs> because then I'm like, oh, good, now they get rid of God on that day. Now it's easy for us to take control of this one day we need. See how that works? And that's exactly the sort of games that are going on. So as we are, as truths are being revealed and as we are reassessing our lives, the one thing that cannot change in all of this is the daily constant celebration of Jesus. And if they told me like, okay, sorry, you can't have Christmas anymore. You can only celebrate Jesus on and his birthday and everything. You can only get one day a year and we're going to give you Easter. And we know Easter is a Luciferian holiday. I'm going to be like, good, I'll take it. Because when I'm through celebrating on Easter, I'm going to bust you up so much with the power of kingdom that I'll take back every day of the year. And all I need is one day and a couple people praying with me and we're going to wallop you. See, that, that's the attitude that I think we need to have. And in his a focus on everybody worrying about, well, it's a pagan holiday or who cares? Literally, are you celebrating the Savior? That's it. That's it. So with that, if you saw the piece last night, if you saw, I'm going to put my, my, my piece up separately in the next day or so, I just kind of took today off because it's been a pretty crazy last week to get all this thing together. But I did a very, this these pieces I do every year are pretty special for me because they really get me back to doing kind of short mini documentary stuff, which you're going to see more film come out of me in the next couple of years because I really do enjoy doing film documentary work in addition to the audio podcast. I love the audio podcast, but I also love documentary work. And it's... Uh, it's a real, it's a whole nother dimension of wonderful. So 
Um, that said, really, if you watch that piece, you you got a, a moment there, and I'm just being very transparent. You you were actually kind of in my head, um, in in that drive that I took that morning, and I'm reflecting on where I used to grow up, where I used to live, when I you know, and places I used to go. Um, there's a turn in the early, in, right in the beginning of the piece, I'm, there's a fork in the road and I turn, as I'm driving, you see me turn right, right at that location. That's where my bus stop was. I, I, cho- I chose these locations intentionally. So that's, that was where my bus stop was. And in the, a little ways down the road, there's a, you pass a road on the left and you don't really see it. But anyway, our house used to be way up on that hill. And so every morning my parents, because the, I was going to a, a different, we were in a different elementary school zone, but we got permission to have us go to have, my parents got permission for my brother and I to go to a better elementary school in Roseburg. So in order to do that, they had to drive me to the bus stop every morning. And it was every morning. <laughs> and it was kind of crazy because and then. It was about a, about a mile and a half or so, maybe two. But it was, you know, get in the truck and go down there and we'd wait. And the bus would finally, sometimes it was late, sometimes it was on time. Sometimes they'd see us coming and the bus driver would stop and wait. They could see our car coming. It's just part of my own memories of the place. You know, and there's a ranch that I passed that was a place that I grew up in. It was a good friends of a family. Um, just a lot of personal stories that I am at sometime I'll probably tell them, but a lot of adventure and personal stories. And one I will tell tonight here as we close has to do with the bridge, but that was really just a journey for me. And that reflection of where I am now and where I've gone. And the one thing that I, I hope people are seeing in some of that is that war's ugly, and it really is ugly. I I hear people, you know, talk about wanting to have the military in control. I, I hear that sort of mantra that comes ultimately from the Q stuff. They talk about revolution, overthrow. I do. But you also hear me talk about it cautiously. There's no question this government has to go. Okay, how we go from where we are to getting to that point, I don't know. But the point of war and the point of showing a lot of that is that war is ugly. You know, you're, when you're driving down the street with the Christmas trees and then I give you a flashback to that LAV driving through the wall of a building. I mean, that's war. I mean, you just destroy things randomly. You do whatever you need to do to adapt and overcome and to destroy the enemy. So if you think about that in terms of our country and we are, if we were taken to the point of war, you can, this is what they, those deep state monsters want. They want to bring us to civil war. They want to see us by our own hand, ravage this country to such a degree that we are left with so many blood rifts and pain and agony that we'll never recover. And that's what we have to avoid. I am very clear on the need for justice. I am very clear on how I personally would handle 
true evil. There's no room for it, and I don't negotiate with it, and I don't care what its feelings are. But there's a long pull between where we are and getting to that point, and we don't even really have that well mapped out. And that was another part of that whole story, is to really see where the power of our changes is really taking responsibility for our lives. We have to. And we have to listen to where God wants us to be and follow that and answer his call. It's so important right now. There's a a tendency that we do ourselves is we'll try to rationalize what it is that's in our heart to do. So we think of something and we're like, oh, I can't, I can't do that, or that's silly, or that's not going to make any difference in the world. We have no idea. We have no idea. God knows. And so I've said this many times in different forms, but you know, if your passion is baking bread, then bake bread. There's a bakery in the valley. They're out about uh, 10 miles from where I live now. And um, actually a little town called, and it's little town. The, the town literally is constitutes a, is constituted with a post office with some mailboxes and a restaurant. And that little area is called Umqua. And that restaurant is really interesting. It's a, it's a bit of a, a commune. I think, they, I think their origins actually are more Hindu in a, in a loose sense. I think they've got a yogi or something. And I don't care about that because um, they're really great people. We've talked. We talk faith. I've gone in there. We've talked. They're very, they're not a, they're very open to discussions. But here's what I love about what they did. They started this bakery and restaurant. And every week, they grow their own most of their own food up on, on in another location about four, three or four miles away. They make some, one of the best lattes around. They make fantastic pastries every day. Now, they used to be open every day. Now they're open, I think, three days a week ever since the COVID scam. But during the COVID scam, they closed the restaurant to the public, but they never stopped baking bread and delivering it to the homeless. And that's what they do. Every, every day they bake so much of their bread, they give to the mission or they give to those in need. And it's just a beautiful part of their life. And again, I mean, no, they're not Christian. Okay. I mean, we've, we talk, I've gone in there, I've talked faith, we've talked about God. We've had good conversations, but at the core of it, I mean, these, there's a real commitment to these people to do better in the world and to do be having a heart of a cheerful giver, and I'm telling you, they have it. And that's just a random little place, you know, that crops up out of nowhere just because some people had a passion to do something right, and that's kind of my point. There's baking, baking changing the world. Somebody got, gets a loaf of bread, and it gives, gives them food and nourishment, literally the substance of life, and it's made by somebody's hand. So I just... You know, I, 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 part of that whole trip, and it's really every day when I go up, every day that I travel out there, which is usually, it's a couple times a week anyway, I have those reflections. And the reflections are a two-type of world. 
Um, for those of you that have not been in a war zone, it leaves a mark. And there's things you don't forget. I, I mean, one of the things I've, I love is getting in a conversation with liberals, especially, that try to tell me how certain things are in places they've never been. You know, and that, that's this academic arrogance to try to understand the world. Or they'll go someplace, they've been there for five days, and they're like, I get it. It's like, you don't get it. I've traveled a lot in my life. I spent, as I've said before, I've spent three and a half years in Afghanistan. I've traveled in Vietnam. I've traveled in Korea. I've traveled all throughout Europe. I've traveled other places in the Middle East. I've traveled into what used to be some of the parts of the Eastern Bloc in Europe. I've traveled in Canada. I've traveled in Mexico. So I've traveled enough in my life. A lot of places I still want to go, but not with this current insanity. But I've traveled enough in my life to get a good perspective on what's out there. And then the one thing that I discover is too often is we're always tending to look outwards and we don't look inwards enough. And that was kind of an unspoken part of my piece that I did is we don't look inward enough. War is one of those things that it's always off of someone else's soil. We, we go over and we slaughter people on other people's lands in the name of freedom, liberty, democracy, whatever other propaganda line comes up for the day, in the, in the sense of over protecting America from some dirt farmer, sandal-wearing, man-dress Muslims that are supposedly so deadly that they can launch nuclear attacks against the United States and we have no idea what's coming. I mean, this is just this nonsense narrative that we're, told but we wage war on their soil and we live this very pristine life here and yet we're not paying enough attention to what's going on in our own world we have extreme homelessness right now we have people being losing their homes we have people that are short on money for food short on money for heating short on money for fuel and my heart is, the, is there most of the time, to be honest with you. I think I could spend my life right there just helping people, and I'd be pretty happy. And I try to do what I can in my own way, but that's really what we, we have to quit looking outwards. You know, I've, I've had this statement before. I can't stand hyphenated American stuff. Like, I'm a black American. I'm a Dutch American. I don't care. I, it just drives me nuts. Because all that is, is one, it's undoing everything that we were built on. When people came to this country, they left behind what they were to come here to be American. And two, it puts us always looking outward instead of looking inward. We need to really be focused right now within our own borders, whatever those borders look like, whether it's your county, whether it's your state, whether it's your nation, whether it's your region. But there's a lot of need out here. And we can make a lot of difference with little acts of kindness. So on Christmas for me is always a little bit, um, it's, it's quiet. It has been for a lot of years. I really don't do 
we didn't exchange gifts this year. We don't, I mean, we don't anymore and we do it intentionally. Instead, we, we made a commitment, an exceptional commitment this year, but we made, we've always, we've been making our commitment to, instead of buying gifts to give to somebody else that's not in our family who's in need, whether it's money, whether it's actual gifts of things, food, whatever that is, that's our commitment. And I'm very comfortable with that because I think it's the right perspective of when we start to take care of ourselves and we start to celebrate what Christ is really about and not be so self-consumed about even our own experience with Christ. You know, I, this is a day that I tend to be deeply humbled by what the gifts have been for me personally. And then and I guess going to keep it as a personal statement looking at where God's taken me and while that I've traveled through. And that was kind of my journey there to give just a little glimpse at, you know, at me for people to get to know me a little differently, perhaps even if you've listened to the channel and even to see how God's continuing to move me in this world. And like I said, in the piece, I didn't know anything about cattle last spring. Now I've got 23 head and growing. I'm running cattle with another guy and, and it's suddenly it's like, a whole other part of my life. And the one thing that I'll tell you, because that's just how I am, when God gives me a gift, I want to be the best I can be at it. And it doesn't mean I won't be the best anywhere around, but I want to be the best I can be. So there's an important point, I think, that we all have to, and again, these are, this is kind of my opinion here, but I think it's very important that we take time to quit worrying about so much about the rest of the world as a Bard's nation, we're worried about a fellowship that is beyond nations. And I think if we see ourselves as emissaries that are sprinkled across the entire globe to raise up the glory and love in Jesus and get to know our own communities better, we become stronger as a fellowship in Bard's nation. Because then we have some very real experiences to share and some very real actions that we can stand on to not just talk, but walk the talk. So I told you I'd tell you one story before we close. It's just totally unrelated. I don't even know if it's going to link in. I'm just going to let God guide this one because it's interesting. It's on my heart to tell you tonight. Um, <laughs> when you go into the, um, when you watch, if you've watched the piece that I did, which I, like I said, I'll put it up in the next day or so as a separate piece. Um, You'll see, and there's a moment early on. I mean, this is like in the first three minutes. As I'm driving, I cross a bridge. That bridge is called Brown's Bridge. And after the bridge is a little road called Cherokee, which is now quite a sub. It's for that area out there. It's quite a well-developed subdivision. Then I, um, the, it was a friend of the family who started that. A good friend of my dad's, in fact, from youth, who started that subdivision. So we had just moved up to Oregon. We'd come from California and it was that family. It's the Gambles, in fact. Um, I was, John Gamble was a little bit older than me, but he was kind of like a, a big brother to me, really good family folks. And then Don Gamble, who's now passed away, he was a dentist and he was a great man um, and good friends of my dad. So, at this time, so this takes us back to about 73, 74. Um, we had just moved up, and that bridge was relatively new. 
the in the 60, I'm going to say the 62 flood, I could be wrong, could have been 68, but the old bridge that was there had washed out from the floods. We used to get some really intense floods, and that old bridge had washed out, so the new bridge, Brown's Bridge, had been reconstructed, but it really hadn't been tested yet, and we got some heavy rains in the 70s up there. The river would go up numerous feet every year and so forth. So it was raining heavy and we were released early. They, and this is how concerned they were. Schools would shut down for anybody living out in the valley. The school would shut down and, and they would put an announcement out there like, okay, we're having heavy rains. If you live out this way, then buses are coming in now to pick you up and to take you home. We want you home with your families. Because they were afraid that that bridge could get washed out and then we would be separated. This obviously is a different era in public schools when there were actually like real people not transgender crazies, and they really cared about the kids in all seriousness. And this is also kind of a small town mentality. The population in my town at that point was 16,000. Now we're up to a whopping 22,000. So anyway, we we took the bus out, and um, John decided, he says, hey, and now keeping in mind this whole area out here down by the river was completely undeveloped. Now it's a pretty developed subdivision. But he's like, oh, let's get off here and we'll take, instead of just walking up the road to go to his parents, they had a big ranch. And we had five acres and then they had like a couple hundred acres down the hill from us. And uh, so instead of just walking the road up to go to his ranch, John came up with the bright idea that we were going to take a shortcut, which was a shortcut, except during a flood season. And I look back on this, and these are just kind of the innocence and the crazy and I and, and the kids do, and I, I laugh, but it's a good thing my parents didn't know. Well, they did later, but they were like, what did you do? We crossed this creek, and it was, it. the creek normally is about, I don't know, maybe three feet wide. Well, in this particular moment in time, this creek was about 20 feet wide and a raging amount of river, and there was a tree fell across the entire creek. So like five of us were like walking across this tree. And at this point, my, my mom had come down to the ranch to meet with Myrna, which was John's mom. And, um, they were starting to get worried. They'd called the school to find out where we were. They they'd confirmed that we had been dropped off. And, of course, we're coming up the back side of the ranch amongst the cows, all muddied and dirty in our school clothes. So I have no idea why I just told you that, other than there's a story. And it's just part of that journey I was taking, just to think back to the youth and the things that we do. Um. And just reflecting on how far sometimes life seems from the simple way things used to be. That was a very real time of great education, of a great community, of people caring for each other. Um, We have to get back to that. We've got to get back to being community again. We didn't have any digital social media. We didn't have any phones in our pocket. We didn't have walkie-talkies. We just had each other. 
and life wasn't easy growing up. We all had challenges. But the one thing that I can say about my town, which I really do respect even to this day, is that when things got tough, people came together. You know, later in my high school years, when you're driving down, when you see the video and you see the street with all the Christmas trees on it, and that's in about the first four minutes of the video, that, in my high school years, that whole place was a complete ghost town. There, were, Many of those buildings were filled with permanent, what I call permanent garage sales. They just opened them up so people could have a table and they could sell whatever they could just to get enough money to put milk in the refrigerator. The logging industry had been destroyed by Eastern money. Something on, that's one of those things like you never forget when you see big money come in and ravage your town and ravage the economy. And, you know, that's just what Wall Street is. They're just a bunch of asshats trying to make money for themselves. They don't care about the consequence. And I've seen this whole region survive. And that's probably the one thing that has impressed upon me as I've traveled this country at a local level and I come back to my own county. And it's, because I've heard even people, I've heard some people make comments, you know, like, they're like, I drove through that area, it looks so depressed, wasn't what I expect. And I know where they come from. They come from affluent areas. And I'm like, you've missed the whole point. You've missed everything because you don't know the story of what went on here. You don't know how hard these people fought to just keep themselves in house and home. And what a massive statement that is today that they're still here and they're still surviving. Long past the time that the cities implode and the liberals go running off or losing their mind on the streets or whatever they're doing because they're really good at that. They're not going to survive an economic downturn. These little towns, these little communities that may not look like a whole bunch, but they've got a heart. And they've got spine like a lion. And they'll overcome. They'll adapt. They'll figure it out. And their front yard may not look great. Their house may look pretty humble. But man, they have heart. And see, that's ultimately when I come full circle on this. Maybe that was kind of at the core of that story. It was, I remember stepping up on that log and looking at that raging. It was raging. And one of us slipped in, we would have drowned pretty quick. But it was all of us fearless. Just like, let's go. Let's do this. This is great. Let's take our shortcut. And we never thought twice about it. That's really walking in faith even before you know God. So one of the things that I think really impresses me and has impressed upon me in the last, as I put this piece together, as I've listened to what others have said, the messages that have been delivered towards Bars Nation, it's how much there is the heart of the lion that lives here, how much there is fearlessness that lives in this community, and how this community was built out of trial. I talked about this with my parents at breakfast this morning, which, by the way, I made some awesome cinnamon rolls today. And my mom made 
had made tamales, so we had fried tamales and and cinnamon rolls, and it was just the best breakfast. It's what we typically do for Christmas, but it was awesome. And as we sat and we talked, really, about what's happened in the last three plus years, the one thing that really struck me is how many people have come here and came here to find community with one another when they were outcasted everywhere else. That's something to never forget. Because what I say that, because that's the demonstration of the quality of what Bard's nation is. A welcoming, solid foundation for people to come to, to be with, to grow with, to share, to expand their knowledge, to lean on. And the most amazing part of this is, by definition, it's virtual. But to see how it has grown over this last couple of years and people breaking off into real connections, and we're going to continue to have our Bards Fests and things like that coming up. But it's just something to remember that that's what God gave us here. And on this day of the recognition and celebration of all that's Jesus, I think that's the big statement is that's literally the body of Christ in perfection. Let's pray. Father, we are very humbled as we come here tonight and just reflecting on all that you've given us here and done to bring us together in a family and in a fellowship. And we thank you for that. It's a time right now, I think, for a good bit of reflection on who we are, where our lives have been, and just how amazing this walk has been over the last few years, particularly the last three years in this COVID insanity where We've stood strong. We've endured some really difficult times. But we've found the strength and fellowship that you've given us right here as one group of what we call Bard's Nation. So, Father, we just pray for the blessings of each and every person that's part of this. We pray for the blessings of what this fellowship is and to blessed going forward with greater strength and greater love in Jesus and to continue to be the light for so many and to continue to be that strength in our communities and continue to be that example of walking in Christ, being one with the heart of a cheerful giver, being resolved in our understanding of where the line is that we will not cross being strong to stand up to evil and speak truth and in the process rise to the occasion to lead in whatever form that means for a person to be the example for so many to seek because it's through us that they will then seek Christ and that there's no greater gift. So thank you, Father. And on this celebration of the birthday of Jesus, we close the prayer with a question that hopefully each one will take in their own prayers. What would you like, Father, for Christmas? In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So, Patriots, thank you. 
for all that you do. Thank you for being part of a great fellowship. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for your pursuit of the things of walking with Christ, seeking our sovereignty, working with one another, being part of this amazing family. It's, uh, it's going to be an amazing 2023, and we haven't even started. <laughs> Just getting warmed up. So keep your, head, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. Yet he has us here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So let's walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time. Good night. Merry Christmas. God bless. Thank you. And out for now.
it takes all you got to believe.